day, good morning, or good evening, wherever you are, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Huddle, and I am your host, Greg. In today's show, I want to bring up a couple things. I want to talk about uh, the Giants and how you can pretty much get yourself a million-dollar internship, but first, I want to talk about, you know, here in New York, it's October, starting to get a little chilly. The other day I went outside to throw out some garbage and I was like, oh, it's a little nippy out here. A little nip and tuck. It's that time of the year where, you know, you got to warm up your car. You go outside and you're like, oh, let me just put a sweatshirt on just to step outside. And, you know, being a sports fan, you're thinking that briskness is in the air. That means it's World Series time. It's starting to get down to the nitty gritty in terms of the football season. And by now, teams are starting to separate themselves or... Teams are doing what the Giants are doing. And that's where we're going to go first. The New York Giants, everybody. And we've known this, but I think now it's a reality that we all have to come to accept. They're having a fire sale, which means that they are officially rebuilding and they're going in a new direction. Giants were, for the past couple years, were like, that, that that cousin or that uncle in your family were at all the family parties. He's always like the real drunk, loud one. But everybody says, ah, he all right. But then now it's like, nah, man. Uncle so-and-so just be a little drunk. Maybe it's a little too much. We have to accept and realize that. And you know what? With the Giants, I think now, if you're keeping it real with yourself, the Giants are in full-blown rebuild mode. Everything half-priced. This is like Black Friday, the day after Christmas. It's not the size that I wanted, but I want to return this and get something else. The Giants have traded Eli Apple to the New Orleans Saints for a fourth or seventh round pick. And they've recently traded Damon Snacks Harrison to the Detroit Lions for a fifth round pick. And I'm sure the Giants aren't done. So, I mean, if you're on the team right now, if I'm a player on the Giants right now, I'm probably going to wifey or my girlfriend or if I have a significant other, I'm going and giving them the credit card saying, look, go shopping because I don't know if we're not only going to be here next week, I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. So enjoy the city because I don't know how much longer we're going to enjoy this. Um, it's a, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's bad. It's, it's what it is. You know, I mean, watching the Giants play the Atlanta Falcons, it was just a situation where you got an offensive line that is just, they don't have any chemistry and they lack good communication. Mix that in with the quarterback. That's a classic drop back quarterback. That's immobile. And you do have options on the offense, but it's like you mix the offensive line and the quarterback. That's a recipe for disaster offensively. And defensively, you do have a good defense, but you can't expect them to pitch a shutout every game. It's at the point where you almost feel like when the opposition scores any points whatsoever, it's almost like a field goal is a touchdown and one touchdown is two touchdowns. And guys are just like, damn, man. I mean, now the game's probably over because they scored. But now, on the flip side, if you're a, a player in the locker room, 
What do you do? I mean, initially, this episode, I wanted to recap the Giants and, and, and the Falcons, but that's not necessary right now. I think I want to talk about what the Giants need to do moving forward as well as if, like, it, if you're a player in the locker room, I'm thinking, right, these guys at this point see the writing on the wall and they're probably thinking strictly of individual goals and looking at themselves like independent contractors or freelancers. Like, I'm not buying into this team. Like, this is about we're going to make the playoffs or team goals. Right now, it's about I'm rooting for me. And it's about me and what I could get. And the smart players in the locker room that know they're not going to be there next year or feel that they might be traded, they're going to put good film out. And what I mean by that is, if you feel like this might be my last game or I'm not going to be on the Giants next year, putting a good resume tape is the best way for you to get signed to a good contract next year. Because the team will look at you and say, you had nothing to play for, but look at how hard you're playing. Look at the technique that you're using. Look at your competitive desire. But then you also got to look at guys that are going to be in the locker room thinking, look, I know I'm going to play on another team next year. I'm just not trying to get hurt. So when it comes to, do I really want to make that tackle or do I want to make a business decision? You're going to get deal with a lot of that. And you're also going to deal with a lot of players saying to themselves, statistically, I need to hit these goals so that at least on paper, it could look like I was productive. Am I getting enough playing time? Why not? Because now when you're rebuilding, everybody's got to play. And you especially want the young players to play to A, give them experience and to see whether or not they can play or not. Meeting guys that are veterans that are, know they're going to move on. They're probably going to get their playing time trimmed. And I'll tell you this much. As a head coach, I mean, how do you sell to your team? Go out there, play hard, give me all you got. It's about team. It's not about me. There's no I in team. I know there's an M and an E, but still. You're playing for the organization. It's not about the name on the back. It's about the logo on your helmet. How do you sell all that? Well, pretty much you know you're going to get your teeth kicked in. Where other teams that come to New York are happy now because not only do they get to hit up the club on Saturday night before the game, they know it's an easy win on Sunday. I mean, I don't want to say it like the Giants aren't going to try and compete and they're not going to try and win. But if you're the opposing team, that has to be your mentality, right? But Coach Shermer, that he, right now, we're going to find out what type of a coach he is. Not in terms of getting wins at the end of the season, but how can he get this team ready to play and sell the young players on, look, we, you're going to be here, trust me, and play for me. Because right now, based on what's happening, every, pl every player in that locker room is saying to themselves, what should I believe? Who's telling the truth and why? You know? It's going to be tough. No doubt about it. You know? Unless they're, 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 getting, they're, they're trading off all these players. Why? Because they want to get a, a, an assortment of draft picks. So they can rebuild this from top to bottom. Because right now, David Gettleman, the GM, and Coach Shermer, 
I'm sure they're sitting in, a, in in the office right now saying, we are going to strip this down. How do we want this team to look? And what do we want the team to be? What are the principles? What is the mantra moving forward? What are the players that we do want? And what are the type of players that we don't want? Because from an offensive perspective, I'm seeing creative and beautiful, eloquent play design out of Coach Shermer. Now, obviously, you're not seeing the results in terms of touchdowns and wins, but just the plays and the way he's using these players, you could see why the Giants hired him, but it's just not working now. So you, you, Gettleman's not going anywhere, the GM, and now there's the head coach. Now you look at players on the roster and you sit there and say, who's going? But it's not even who's going. It's more like, all right, who are the untouchables? Who are the players where when you get that call from any other team in the NFL and they ask about this player, you say, no. Everybody else but this player. My untouchables personally would be, well, you're going to say Odell Beckham. I mean, he's top five in his position, but he just signed that huge contract. So do just to contractually speak about him, nobody's going to want to take on all that money. Saquon Barkley, stud, producing every week. So you could say he's untouchable. And to me, the third guy that I feel is untouchable is Evan Ingram, the tight end. I mean, I know he has a produce at a high level, but he's a pass-catching tight end. Very athletic, that could dominate the middle of the field. And right now, that's where the league is going. And if you have that, I don't think you want to trade that, especially as young as he is being in his second year of his career. But other than that, I like Sterling Shepard. But if somebody calls and gives you a great package, I don't know. And defensively, I mean, I like Snacks. But I guess he was getting up there in Asia. He was a little long in the tooth. And they figured by the time his contract is up, is production going to warrant that, that the, the, the value that that contract has? I mean, Eli Apple was, was a, a first-round pick. They got a fourth and a fifth and a seventh-round pick for him. Do you keep Alec Ogletree? He's a young player that has a lot of value. I know we just signed him. But what if a team feels like they have a need at that position? Landon Collins. Do you want to resign him? I mean, by the time the Giants are ready to compete, is it going to be towards the end of a new deal? But then you also need leadership and building blocks on that defense. It's a lot of questions that, that, that these guys, I'm sure, are thinking about and are wondering who's going to stay and who's going to go. I mean, a lot of rookies that were drafted in this class defensively, such as B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, players like that can probably get a little bit more time and stay and develop and see what comes about with that. But draft-wise, when you look at the scenarios, the way the Giants are going, they're going to get a top-five pick in the draft. Now, obviously, you know, the Giants are going to move forward with the quarterback if they could get the quarterback because Justin Herbert the QB from Oregon, who I feel is the best quarterback in this draft. And a lot of people feel that he's the most talented quarterback in the draft. Said rumors came out that he's not going to come out to uh, 
and he's going to come back for his senior year. At this time last year, Sam Darnold was saying the same thing. I'm not coming out. I'm not even thinking about the draft. I'm thinking about my teammates in this football season. But he's probably saying that for Oregon, so he's not selling his team out, and his teammates know that he's fully invested. Or he could be doing that for the program. Maybe you get a top wide receiver, you get a big-time recruit, sell him on the idea of we have a stud coming back for a quarterback, we're going to make a legit push at the national title. I mean, the Ducks are between that 10 and 20 where next year, bringing everybody back, you never know. But let me ask you a question. The season's over. People come up to him and tell him, this is how much money you could make being a top five pick. Now, that's a lot of money, but you could go back to your senior year and risk injury, risk a bad season, or Tua, I don't know how to say his last name, the quarterback from Alabama, is coming out next year. Now, he's good, but he's not as tall and big as Justin Herbert from Oregon. Justin's more prototypical, 6'6", 235. Tua is 6'1", 2-something, but he's more so built, and his style is more that of a Russell Wilson. Very accurate, mobile, can extend the play. But we'll talk about those players at another time. But drafting, I'm thinking if you're drafting top five at this point, the only team that needs a quarterback at this point is the Giants. All the other teams that are bad do not need a quarterback. But what if the Oakland Raiders that are in a fire sale themselves choose to trade their quarterback, Derek Carr, and thus move themselves into the position of needing a quarterback? Now, they have a couple first-round draft picks. So they could easily move up to the number one overall pick. And that leaves the Giants with what? A quarterback that they don't want? No. I feel what you do at that point is you just trade down and acquire more draft picks. And wherever you trade down to, you either pick the best available or you trade back again and acquire more picks. Because... Another scenario that could present itself is let's say the Raiders do trade up and get number one and we don't get the quarterback that we want. Maybe there's another player that you really love that's the best player available and you take him. I mean, this rebuild isn't going to be a one-year thing. So if you see a player that you really like, take him. Because it's not going to be one draft or two or three players and it's done. It's going to be a lot. And maybe you'd start looking forward to that kid too from Alabama next year. Because next year the Giants might be in the same position. Draft it high again. Hopefully this isn't a big deal. I mean, look at the Rams. They drafted the quarterback second year. They put a couple pieces around him. And all of a sudden, boom, now they're looking like a Super Bowl contending team. I mean, that's the formula that the Seahawks had. Veteran D in place. A lot of toys around him on offense was able to step in, step up, and got them a Super Bowl. That seems to be the way where if you draft a quarterback, you could win early. But this isn't going to be something that that's uh, a year or, how should I say, in two years. The Giants are back. You got to get offensive linemen. It doesn't matter who you get as a QB. You have to get offensive linemen. So that's another thing, too. And you're going to have to rebuild the defense. But this, I'm an optimist. 
And this is a beautiful time. Just bear with me now. And just listen to where I'm taking you. This is a beautiful time if you're a Giant fan in that you know this. We've hit rock bottom now. And this is the beginning of the new era of the Giants. And all the fans that are the real fans are going to stick around now and we'll know who they are because when the Giants are back to being competitive again, they're going to say, yo, man, can I come over and watch the game with you? Nah, bro. You wasn't, where, where were you at when I was shooting in the gym? This is a time where all those young guys, remember when Eli, you were like, yo, is he, does he have it? And you saw Eli just develop and mature in front of your eyes and he got us to the promised land. I mean, there's still some pieces. You got Barkley. You got Odell. Lorenzo Carter on defense. You have B.J. Hill. B.J. Goodson, a linebacker that they could keep. What if they decide to re-sign Landon Collins and make him the pillar of the defense? What about some other studs that they could draft? And you could get excited like, yo, in a couple years, we got our quarterback. Now let's get some linemen and we can really get busy. You know, it's an exciting time if you look at it from that perspective. But if you just want that quick fix, let's just purchase a couple players and win the win the, uh, the Super Bowl next year. This isn't baseball, where you go out there and get the best player, and all of a sudden you're good. Be patient. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X, relax. And if you can't relax, have a drink. Sit back and accept it. <laughs> but moving along, uh, my next topic I wanted to talk about is how you could get a million-dollar internship. Well, Darius Baisley has figured out how to do that. I originally wanted this episode to be about Darius, but then what happened with the Giants, I could not, not, you're not supposed to say not, not, but I said not, not. I could not skip the topic of talking about Darius Baisley. Who is Darius Baisley? Darius Baisley is an 18-year-old top NBA prospect from America. You got to say that now. From America, he's 6'9", 200 pounds. He was born in Boston, went to high school in Ohio. He is, at this point, according to ESPN 100, the ninth-ranked player in the country. He's a small forward slash power forward. He's out of high school. I'm sorry. I don't know a lot about his game, so I really can't tell you. I'm still into football right now. You want me to tell you about Josh Herbert? We could talk about that, but I'm just going to tell you some information that I've been researching and I wanted to bring to light. Now, what he's done is, I don't know if you, if everybody's too familiar, a couple weeks ago, the NBA announced that they're implementing this pathway to the NBA where if you didn't want to go to college for a year, you could go to the G League for a year and they would pay you $125,000. And this program was offered to the elite players, which Darius Baisley is. He's not only a top 10 prospect coming out of high school, but he's also a five-star recruit. So he's a blue chipper. But he chose did Darius to skip that route. He originally committed to Syracuse and has 
decommitted from Syracuse, which really got Jim Beheim, head coach of Syracuse, upset. I mean, quote from Jim Beheim: I hope he does great, but I don't think it's the way it will be. I think it will be proven it's not the way to get to the NBA. Wow. And he also has something to say about um, the fact that what Darius Baisley did is he decided to sign with sports agent Rich Paul of Clutch Sports Group. Now, who's Rich Paul? Rich Paul is a close friend of LeBron James, runs LeBron James, um, basically his management company. And these are just a couple of the guys that LeBron James's agency has. It's called Clutch Sports Group under Rich Paul. Rich Paul is these are just a couple players. I'm not going to give you the whole list. Just a couple. LeBron James is part of clutch management. Anthony Davis, Eric Bledsoe, Ben Simmons, just to name a couple of the guys. And now it looks like this kid, um, Darius Baisley. So what happened? He signed with an agent. And what now is going to happen is they got him a deal in which he is going to intern at New Balance for three months under the guarantee that he's going to receive a million dollars. Yes! Unbelievable! He got straight up just, he's not going to play basketball. I was watching Rich Paul on NBA Live. He said he's not going to play. He's going to train, but he's not going to play competitively. He might play one-on-one, one-on-zero, work on his game, pick up ball, but he's not going to play competitively this year. And he's going to get paid a million dollars to go to New Balance and intern there from January until for three months. So basically this year, he's just going to, I don't want to say chill, because I'm sure he's going to work out every day and he's going to be put on a regiment so that by the time the combine comes for the NBA and the draft, his body is looking like a man's body and he's been in the NBA already. Now, part of what Rich Paul said that when he's at New Balance, he's going to have the opportunity to intern and see the business of basketball behind the scenes. He's going to have an opportunity to see how contracts work, how people get paid, and basically everything that goes into the business of basketball. Now, I don't know how Darius is seriously he's going to take this, But if he does take it seriously, I mean, this is great. I mean, think about it. If you're a player that is, this isn't for everybody. Because Darius Baisley is the ninth rated prospect in the country. A lot of these other players, the top eight players are all going to college. So obviously, Baisley maybe has a level of maturity or maybe just a quality that Rich Paul and Clutch Sports Group saw that could make this happen. And this is a great opportunity for another lane to be created for athletes where they don't want to go to college because they know that they want to start making money off of their natural born talents. And let's just do the math. 125000 in the G League or a million dollars just to work out every day, chill, and be ready for the draft. I'm taking a million dollars. Right? I mean, 
this is just another avenue for top level skilled high school basketball players to get to the NBA. But I don't think it's for everybody. I think there's, you're still going to get the top player that wants to go to college to have the college experience. Maybe actually take some classes to stay there for a couple of years and, and acquire an education. Or, I mean, just experience the hype of being on national TV, playing in the NCAA tournament, or potentially winning a national title. And you're probably going to have kids that want to go to the G League because maybe they are living in unfortunate circumstances where they need to make money now because at 18 years old, they're the man of the house and they need to start earning like they're the man of the house. So, I mean, this is a great opportunity for Darius Baisley to be a trendsetter and Rich Paul, too, to be a trendsetter and blaze a new path for you to come right out of high school and circumvent the one-and-done rule where you have to at least be one year removed from high school or I believe you have to be out of 19 years of age. So this was great all around the board. I just hope it works out for Darius. That's the only thing. Now, um, that's it for today's episode that I wanted to talk about. A little bit of Giants and what's going on over there and what's going on with my man Darius Baisley. I also wanted to send a special thanks and a shout out to a good friend of mine at the Yes Network, one of my co-workers, Chris Sheeran. Check him out at Chris Sheeran on Twitter. He's been having me uh, be a guest on his podcast, the And We're Off podcast, where we recap the Giant games the day after every Giant game. So you can catch me on the And We're Off podcast. And also, subscribe to my man's Chris podcast. It's available on iTunes. You could also follow and subscribe. And you already listened to this, so tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe to Man Cave Huddle on iTunes and SoundCloud. And also, check out my man Chris Sheeran on Twitter at Chris Sheeran. And you can also follow me at Man Cave Huddle. But you know what we do. We're at the end, my friends. Until next we speak, I want to leave you with a positive quote. When everything feels like an uphill struggle, just think for a moment of how the view will be from the top. Let's hear that again. When everything feels like an uphill struggle, just stop and think of how the view from the top will be. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.